Good morning. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for everyone who is coming on to the show right now. We got a jam-packed show for you this morning. We're going to be talking about J.K. Rowling and how she's made another statement about her stance on transgender um, issues and things of that nature. We're also going to be looking at Shannon Sharp um, in an interview that he did regarding his former um, in place of employment um, over on Fox Sports and how he felt like he didn't do a good job, good enough job standing up for himself. We're going to be asking, ask, answering the question, what is the Christian view of other religions? And then we're going to be um, celebrating the fact that a tiny homes project turned into something that was that no one could ever expect it to become. Um, and was able to do a lot of good work for a specific community um, over in the West. Uh, but we are going to start our conversation today on um, on finishing our um, our series on faith works in dealing in per, um, perseverance uh, for the faith. And so we're going to start off with a word of prayer. If you do have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to drop down in the comment box below and let me know what you are thinking and how you are feeling about anything. Brittany P., we see you this morning. Thank you for the gifts on this morning. We certainly appreciate you for that and the likes and the follows. Um, but feel free to drop down in that comment box below if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. And again, we just ask that you just keep it classy in the box so that we don't get banned. Um, but we certainly do uh, um, uh, welcome any question, comment, or concern that you may have on this morning. I'm going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to jump into the heart of the matter on this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We'll thankful God that you thought it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth on today. Lord God, we're asking that this show just be lifted up to you, that it be none of me and all of you. Lord God, we just ask that you just touch every word that is said, every thought that is thought on today. Um, touch those who have questions, Lord, that they be, they may be feel bold enough to ask whatever question is on their mind. And Lord God, Give us the wisdom of discernment to know how to answer those questions for your name's sake. We ask, Lord God, that you just continue to do your wonder work, wonder working power um, throughout um, people's lives on today. Uh, we ask for a special prayer for those who are in Maine right now, Lord God, who are dealing with the active shooter. Lord God, we ask that you just keep those families um uplifted lord god we pray for those who have lost lives those who are still in the hospitals right now lord god we just ask that you just 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 wrap your arms around them um in love in faith lord god and and help the um the the, the police and law and other law enforcement to find the shooter lord god um, we just ask and pray that you just continue to keep everyone lifted up in, in in your name and continue just to be a blessing and be a force in people's lives that they may grow to love you bless you and honor you in both duty and delight and lord god we just thank your son jesus christ who made all this possible by dying on the cross for our sins and rising again that we may be called the children of god through his finished work and his righteousness credited toward us in that we, while we were yet sinners christ died for us we thank we pray all these things in your son jesus name amen all right um we're going to be coming out of the book of james on today James chapter 1, starting at verse number 2. James chapter 1, verse number 2. Again, James chapter 1, 
verse number two. Count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of, of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the, gra of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, but in he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and perfect, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. So, for our final, um, our final sermon i guess of um of this series we want to talk again about um perseverance for the faith perseverance for the faith we've been talking for the past two weeks about the different um spiritual disciplines and again we talk about the um the disciplines coming straight from this book here called spiritual disciplines of the christian life um this is by donald whitney the best book you will ever read on how to maximize the use of the, of the disciplines. The disciplines that God has given to us to be able to further our relationship with him. Um, and again, the disciplines include, um, but are not limited to prayer, um, fasting, Bible intake, journaling, meditating, um, um, worship, um, um, evangelism, stewardship, um, and, and a host of other things that God has given us to be able to utilize to deepen our relationship with him. When we talk about perseverance in the faith, all of, the, all of those disciplines that God gives us, if we have a regular rhythm of use with them, it allows us to be able to endure the trials and the tribulations that we go through from one day to the next until until um god comes until god comes back to get us and so if we utilize and maximize the gifts and the skills that god has given us 
if we utilize the, the disciplines that God has given us, we are then able to deepen our relationship with the Lord in such a way to when the trials come and the tribulations come, we are able to endure those situations and those issues having been having all of the disciplines in place that allow us to stay connected to the source, to stay connected to God, to stay connected to Christ. So what does this look like in what does this look like in our um in in our um in, in a real world sense? We have um all right do that and this. Thank you. Um what we what we find if we're if we are regularly going through the rhythms, we have um again prayer, Bible intake. As we're reading our Bibles and we're learning more about God and we're learning more about the things that he would have us to know about him. Um, God gives us this opportunity to be able to study more about him and deepen our relationship with him. So over the course of time, it, it, we're, we're, we're deepening our, our level of, of love in him and we're delighting in him and we're growing in him and we're reading more about him and nothing's really happening, you know, but we're studying more about him, learning more about him putting word in our um in our hearts over the course of time there's a situation or a circumstance that will occur right and that situation or circumstance in our hearts or the spirit of god that lives inside of us the holy spirit that lives in us will remind us bring back to our remembrance recall for us the word of god that applies to a specific situation or applies to a specific circumstance or gives us the ability to see things from a different from a different lens. And so we are able to then recognize this is a situation, this is the circumstance, this is what we're going through at this time. And as a result, this word applies to this situation that allows that allows me to be able to then see the situation for what it is and see Christ through this situation. The lens that God's get that God has given us through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ allows us to be able to see the situation for how, in the way that God sees it, and in seeing it the way God sees it allows us to endure. It gives it allows us then to know what to pray for. God, give me the strength to go through this situation, or God, give me the the strength to go through that situation. Lord God, if it is in your will, let this cup pass, but nevertheless, not my will, thine be done. Lord God, I really need this, or I really need that. And Lord, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful grateful for everything that you've given me. I'm asking that you get rid of the situation, but it may not be, if it is in your will, do what you do. If not, just give me the power to endure, to go through, to, to deal with whatever it is that I have going on. As I'm reading the scriptures and reading the word, you know, as I want to deepen my connection with him in whatever situation or circumstance I have going on, I may find myself shutting down, you know, the binge watching for a little bit, or I may, you know, go on a fast and, and not eat from, and not eat from, you know, not eat for a little while. Maybe I, you know, fast from 12 to six or I fast from six to nine or whatever the case is so that I can deepen my relationship with God in that moment. I can connect further to him, be more in tune to the spirit, to the spirit and in tune to the spirit realm. 
And in doing so, God and I are able to deepen our relationship with, with one another as he's ministering to me whatever it is that he wants me to know, whatever it is that he wants me to hear. Um, you know, I'm taking a piece of scripture and I'm just sitting on it for a little while trying to really get that thing in my heart. And, you know, it may be a line, it may be a paragraph, it may be a, 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 a whole chapter, a whole book for crying out loud, but I want to sit on it for a little bit. You know, I may find two or three brothers or sisters, call them up and say, hey, I really could talk, could have somebody to talk to just to minister to me or to, to, to pray with me or to, you know, sit with me for a little while. And or I got to find myself a church. I got to I got to get up in somebody's church house today. You know, if somebody got something going on, because I really just feel like being around the brothers and sisters and worshiping and lifting up the name of the Lord and singing songs and all this type of stuff. I may find myself turning on the car or find myself putting on my earbuds and turning on some music or turning on a podcast or watching the True Gospel Morning Show, which boy A.D. right here on TikTok Live from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and trying to just get a deeper, a deeper, you know, sense of where God's at at this point, trying to figure out where, you know, where I am, where I'm supposed to be with the Lord or just trying to get a word in my heart to get me to, to, to not ignore what's going on with me, but to make sure that I'm operating in the spirit with whatever's going on with me, not as a means of suppression, but as a means of trying to deepen the understanding, being honest with God as I cry out to him and say to him, Lord God, I'm really going through it right now. I'm not about to try to hide it. I'm not about to try to sugarcoat it. I'm really going through something right now. I know that you're able and I know that you can. And yet, and, and, and so I'm not discounting your ability to do anything and I'm being honest about where I'm at because you yourself said that that God is spirit and those that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then I offer up my truth to God in such that I, even though I know that, you know, I may be frustrated, I know that God is still able. I know that God is still awesome. I still, I know that God is still I'm wonderful. I know that God is still, you know, the greatest treasure and the greatest thing that could ever happen to me. And so despite the trials, despite the tribulations, you know, I can go in with a heart's posture like the three Hebrew boys and say, even if we perish today, I'm not going to bow down to another God because there is no other God like the Lord. And I can, um, and I can, um, and I can, tell my testimony to somebody else along the way that though I mean maybe the dark night of the soul for me God is still good God is still great he's still awesome he's still amazing and it is and it's such a wonder for me that he's been able to do the things that he's done for me and I know if he's done things for me he can certainly do things for anyone else because the peace that surpasses all understanding um is is ours it, through Christ Jesus that I can have peace in my soul despite what's going on in the world. I can have peace in my soul despite what's happening to me. I can have peace in my soul because Christ is my peace. My six, my situation's not my peace. My circumstances are not my peace. The um the 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 things that are going on in in uh, they're not my that's not my peace. My peace comes from the Lord. My peace comes from Christ. My peace comes from what God has done for me. What he, when he got on that cross and died for my sins and rose again, Christ became peace 
for me. He began, he did that knowing I was going to mess up, knowing I was going to make mistakes, knowing that I was going to fall short, knowing that I was going to, you know, you know, say I love him one day and then the next I was going to be wilding out. He knew all these things were going to happen and yet he died for me. He, he, he ransomed his life for me. He credited the perfect life that he lived to me. And I didn't, and I didn't do anything to earn it. I didn't do anything to deserve it. I didn't do anything to that I can work, lift up to God to say, hey, look at all that I've done. Give me stuff. I did, I, I did nothing to deserve anything that Christ has done for me. And yet he did it anyway. And as we minister these words to very, to our people, wherever we are, whether we're in a church, whether we're at home, whether we're at work, whether we're in the park, whether we're at the store, whether we're on the beach, whether we're on vacation, whenever we minister these words, that stirs up our souls in such a way to where it further anchors us in the Lord. All of the, of the spiritual disciplines have been given to us so that we can persevere. We persevere through our trials. We persevere through our tribulations. We persevere through through the good times. We persevere through the bad times. Because let me tell you, there's some good times that happen to us. There's some good times that happen to us that sometimes will call us cause us to fall out of um out of alignment with God. We can be so at peace that we're out of alignment with Him. God takes us through seasons of trials and seasons of triumphs. And we got to be so careful that we don't allow the seasons of triumphs to cause us to become complacent in our faith. Because sometimes that, that, because sometimes that season of, of triumph or that season of peace, external peace, is only for a season. And if we're not careful, we'll mistake that, that moment of that, that season of peace for how my life is supposed to be for the rest of my life. And as a result of that, we can miss the opportunities that God is trying to place in our lives that allow us to deepen our relationship with him, to saturate ourselves in a deeper relationship with him. We have to remember and recall that Jesus himself was led by God into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. In doing so, that deepened his relationship, his connection to the Lord God Almighty. It deepened his relationship. And, um, and to give you guys context, let's go to Matthew chapter 4 to, um, to, have, a, uh, to have a better, deeper understanding of what we're referring to today. Wrote, uh, if Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse number 1, says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus again said to him, Again, it is written, You should not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. 
Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and you only, him only, shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Again, what we have to recall is that Christ himself was tempted. Oh my goodness, yes, he was tempted. Um, and we're going to go to Hebrews to help us to, to have that to have that further context in Hebrews, the end of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, starting at verse 14. Again, Hebrews chapter 4, starting at verse 14. Since we then have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Jesus himself was tempted in every way that we as people are tempted. And he, so he provides for us the blueprint of how to combat temptation, how to combat the trials, how to combat the tribulations. He said that we are, if we, if we are, um, if we are remembering the words and recalling the words of God, if we are studying the words of God, if we are meditating in the word, if we are meditating in Christ, if we are deepening and saturating our relationship with him, God is faithful and just to help us to endure the trials and the tribulations that we face from one day to the next. We don't sprinkle fairy dust on our lives and say, God is great and God is good but rather we are able to endure what we go through by being honest about where we are, but remembering where God is at the same time. That, and you can hear us say this a lot of times, that it's not, a, it's not an either or, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a both and. That I can be going through something and it sucks, and God is still good. God is still faithful. God is still awesome. God is still mighty. I can be going through trials and going through tribulations and going through issues. I don't have to hide that. A lot of us, we, we feel at times that the, the, way that the way that we're supposed to be faithful in the faith is that we never go through anything. We're never to, we never tell anybody what we're going through. That God is meant to just be this person that's supposed to just make us super duper strong. And we never talk about our trials. We never talk about our tribulations. We never talk about our issues. We never talk about our problems. And... Some of our churches have, 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 have told us that. Because again, recall, you have a lot of churches that'll say, you know, um, um, don't look like what you're going through. We walk in victory. Don't, don't hold your head down and stuff like that. And so, yeah, there, there are some churches that do peddle that and they're wrong for it. They're foul for it. And I wish that they wouldn't do that. Nevertheless, for us as the believers of God, when we deepen our relationship with him, we find the blueprint where God tells us. God tells us, no, no matter what you're going through, be honest about where you're at. Be honest about what you're going through. Be honest about your trials. Be honest about your tribulations. Be honest about your struggles. Because at the end of the day, if you're not honest with yourself about what you're going through, you will you have the potential to miss the spiritual breakthrough that God is trying to give you of peace, joy, love, perseverance, long-suffering, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things that God has placed inside of us 
And we'll sometimes rob ourselves of the spiritual um, blessings that God is trying to pour into our lives when we do not be when we're not honest about where we're at. Christ was tempted in every way, and yet he did not sin. We are going to fall short. And nevertheless, God has provided us the blueprint to be able to endure the trials, endure the tribulations, endure the sufferings, endure the temptations. And so if we follow the blueprint and follow the script, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and again, can't stress that enough. We are not, everything that we do, it's not me, but it's the Christ that lives in me. It's the Holy Spirit that Christ promised that if we repent and believe in him, we then have the Holy Spirit living inside of us that allows us to live, move, and have all being. We're able to then do the things that God has called us to do. As he transfers the heart of stone and um or transforms the heart of stone and replaces it with a heart of flesh that gives us the heartbeat of God residing inside of our souls, pouring his spirit into us that causes us to walk out his precepts. So we can trust and believe we are not alone in this. You are not alone in your trials. You're not alone in your tribulations. You're not alone in your issues. You're not in lo- alone in your strife. A lot of us as people, we have we 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 get so caught up and wrapped up in you know, feeling like, you know, we have to, we, we, in order for us to have a relationship with the Lord, we have to do it like this, or we have to do it like that. And I don't want to live a life where I have to worship a God who does this or worship a God who does that. And so I tell all of y'all, especially my new people who are coming through the chat today, God loves you and wants a relationship with you. No matter what question you come with or what issue that you have with or beef you have with God, God loves you and wants a relationship with you. And he would rather you come to him with your honesty, with your issues and your hangups, rather than distance yourself from him because of your issues and because of your problems and because of your hangups. If we go back to the book of James, we find that um, that James himself just said that to us in James in, in, the, in, in the first chapter of the letter that he wrote. Let me turn back to it. I usually have that part hallmarked. So that way, there we go. He says in the word, James chapter one, verse number five, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. It will be given him. If you ask of God, he is faithful and just to give you the wisdom that you're looking for upon repentance and belief. A lot of us, we ask all these billions and billions of questions about if God is great, then why? If God is great, then this. If God's so good, then why? And instead of asking me, for example, which please ask your questions, I'm going to answer them at some point if you stay on the show long enough, but don't ask me, ask him, because he said, if you ask the question, I'm more than happy to answer the question for you. You might not like the answer I give you, which is what a lot of people, that's what they stumble at. They don't like the answer that they're given, but God is faithful and just to answer the question anyway. And so what God is saying to us is that it's okay to have your to have your issues and your hangups with me. Bring them to me. Bring them to me. God said God allows there to be room for us to have our doubts and have our fears. Ask Thomas. 
Thomas was following Jesus the entire time of Jesus' ministry. And yet when Christ died and rose again, Thomas was like, I don't believe anything y'all got to say. I saw that man die on the cross. I saw them bury him. I saw them put the rock on the, t on the tomb. The man is dead. If I see him, then I will believe. Everybody else is like, yeah, man, Jesus came back. I don't believe it. I need to see it, and I need to feel the prints in his hands, and I need to feel, I need to feel, I need to feel the, I need to feel the, the nail, the nail prints. And so, God allows room for doubt. He allows room for doubt. But doubt is, hmm, doubt is not the absence of faith. If you read, if you ever study and take the time to read the book of Psalms, there, there's room for doubt. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, there is room for doubt. If you read the book of Job, there is room for doubt. If you read Exodus, there is room for doubt. There is room for us to have, you know, these doubts and these concerns and these questions that we have of God. Even as believers, sometimes we're like, God, I know you're here, but where you at? God, I know you're able, but where you at? I'm going through trials. I'm going through issues. I'm going through problems. God, I know you're real, but where are you right now? Like, you don't, you don't feel all that real to me. And so what God says to us is that we have to be ever so careful, we are ever so mindful that um, that we are, you know, not allowing the doubts that we have about him to turn us away from him. Instead, we allow we we we, we press in, we move forward, we move closer to God, not farther away from him, because if anybody's going to answer the question, surely it's God, because it's God who we're questioning. And so, again, what God allows room for is for us to be able to say, God, I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you're, you're faithful. I don't know if you, you know, would, um, would have the, if this is what you're supposed to. And God is saying, bring those doubts to me, bring them because God wants us real. God wants us true. God wants us honest. God wants us at our rawest. He, he, he doesn't want pretty you. He doesn't want pretty me. He doesn't want us all put together. God came for the sick, not for the well. He doesn't want us to come to him and say, I have it all together. I have it all together and I'm supposed to be. No, God says, bring your, bring your, bring them, bring your doubts, bring your trials, bring your tribulations. You know, I read to y'all Psalm 88 all the time where you had a guy who, you know, I'm like, God, where are you, dude? Like, you know, I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You act as if, you know, you can't hear me. You act as if I'm not there. And, you know, I'm at the point where, you know, I don't feel I don't feel worthy. I, I don't I don't feel like you're around. I don't feel like I, I can feel your presence. He says in Psalm 88, and I'm going to start at verse 13. Um, but the whole psalm sounds like this. Oh, Lord, I cry to you in the morning. My prayer comes to you before, comes in the morning. I cry to you my, in the morning. My prayer comes before you. Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up. I suffer your terrors. I'm helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroyed me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You've caused my beloved, which is his wife, and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. That's it. That's Psalm 88. That's it. Like there's no 
There's no, but God, you are faithful and God, you are just and God, you are true. Psalm 88 ends saying my closest companion is darkness. My closest companion is death. My, my, my wife is gone. My friend is gone. They're all gone. Like no one's there. Like I have no one. I have nothing. You have filled my life with terrors. You fill my life with trials. You fill my life with tribulations. God, where you at? That's the end of the psalm. So if this dude, if this dude can have doubts and fears and be faithful to God at the same time, how much more can we? With the, with the doubts, with the hangups, with the trials that we endure, how much more can we Come to God with our trials. Come to God with our tribulations. Come to God with our issues and say, God, I'm hurting right now. God, I'm struggling right now. God, I'm going through right now. And yet, I believe that you are able. I believe that you can. And I believe it because all throughout scripture, you say to me, if I be for you, who can be against you? You say that no weapon formed against me shall prosper when it comes to my soul's salvation. The weapon may form and it's going to hurt like a mug sometimes, but my soul is still, you know, still is still persevering to the end. You know that weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning that, you know, that uh, that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard my heart through Christ Jesus. That though I be a sheep headed toward the slaughter, Lord God, you know, we are more than conquerors through you. That, you know, that I am an image bearer of God, that I am a child of God, that I am a son of the king, that I am a part of the royal priesthood. I'm part of the chosen race. Like, I am all these things because of what Christ did. While I was an enemy, while I was a sinner, while I was weak, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for me. He did that while I was a mess. He did that while I was a joke. He did that while I was broken up, busted, and disgusted. He got on a cross and died for my sins so that I could be called the righteous of God upon repentance and belief. He did that for me. He did that for my sake. You know, we can make this thing personal. God did it for me. That he didn't have to do it. He had he got me dead to rights. Everything. I could I could be I could be, you know, he got me in his scope. You know, the sniper, the sniper's gun, he's got me in his scope. And yet, nonetheless, and I know that was a bad reference in light of what just happened today. So I apologize to anybody that I just offended with that. Um, but he's got me in his sights and he's, and he's saying, I still love you. I still care so much that I sacrificed my life so that if you repent and believe, you can be a part of this kingdom and have all of the spiritual blessings in full abundance that will help you endure until the day that Christ comes back to get us. Every day is not going to be roses. Every day is not going to be peaches and cream. Every day is not going to be, you know, awesome. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have issues. And yet God is saying you can persevere through the power of the spiritual disciplines. Um, well, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me say that right. Through my power and the spiritual disciplines are there to help us deepen our relationship and connection to the source of our power. So let me say it like this. Prayer is not the power. God is the power. The scripture of it in and of itself is not the power. It's the God of the scriptures that's the power. Fasting is not the power. God is the power.
journaling and, and meditating is not the power. It's who we're meditating to and what we're journaling about that is the power. You know, when we're listening to music, it's not the music that's the power. It's what the song is about, who the song is about that is the power. You know, when we go to church and we're, when we're going to church and we're in worship, worship un, un, of itself is not the power. It is who we're worshiping that is the power. It's who we're singing the songs to. It's who we're lifting up holy hands to. That's the power. That when we give, we're not, giving is not going to open up the windows of heaven the way that we think it is. Rather, it is the God of which we are inspired to give that is the power. When we preach, preaching in and of itself is not the power. It's the God in, who, in whom we're preaching about that is the power. So everything that we do is not about the thing itself. So don't take the spiritual disciplines that we've been talking about for the past two weeks and think that if I do these things, then, you know, it's going to make me super powerful. No, what we do is we are sweet. We are, um, we are worshiping God. God is the source of the power so much so that as we said, as, as, as Jesus said himself, you know, we don't search these scriptures. We don't know these scriptures as if the scripture, the scriptures and knowing them is what empowers us. Knowing the scriptures is so that we can know Jesus. Knowing the scriptures is so that we can know God. It's not about us. It's about God. And so even if you know just a handful of scriptures, even if you know just a handful of texts, those handful of texts in the hands of God can do more for us than knowing 66 books without him. Just look at the comment section right now. You got a lot of people who've read all 66 books, but they still don't know Jesus. They can argue with the best of us and still don't know Jesus. And so again, you don't you can you don't have to read all of the Bible. Appreciate you, Peppy. You can read all of this Bible and still miss God, just like the Pharisees, just like the Sadducees, just like the Sanhedrin, just like the, um, the Zealots. You can still miss Jesus and know Genesis through Revelation better than all of us. You got people right now that study these scrolls in, in college, got whole degrees in biblical theology, and yet they do not have a relationship with the Lord. They do not have a relationship with Christ. They could they they go they miss Jesus every single time. Even in a conversation like this where we're pleading with them, God loves you and wants a relationship with you. God loves you and desires to have relationship with you. God loves you and is knocking on the door of your heart through you being on this show right now saying, "I want let me in. I want to I wanted to like myself in you." They're so blinded by whatever it is that they're keeping in front of them that keeps them chained and bound. And let me not even give them credit for that because God's got to do that work. God's got to do that work. God's got to come in and transform that heart of stone into a heart of flesh because come on, believers, we, we can attest that we too were once like that some, at some point. You know, some of us, we've been in church our whole lives. Some of us, um, some of us been searching our whole lives, trying to figure out, you know, how to have a relationship with the Lord. And we, and we were blinded, we were blinded and we couldn't see. 
And so God, uh, God was the one who had to take the scales off our eyes. God is the one who had to take the heart of stone out and replace it with a heart of flesh so that we can understand who God is. And so again, we say all that to say, you know, we pray. We're praying for those who don't have a walk with him to grow in him. For us as the believers, we're praying every day that we stay strong in the faith and we maximize the use of the spiritual disciplines that God has given us so that we have a desire to continue to deepen our relationship with him so that we are able to walk out our faith um, and persevere to the end. And so again, my heart, my heart, you know, goes out to all of us on today that no matter what you're going through, no matter what trial, no matter what test, God longs to deepen a relationship with him so that we're able to walk out our faith and walk out the things that he would have us to do, be the people that he has called us to be. And so in doing so, it allows us the opportunity to be able to, um, to be able to grow in our knowledge, in our wisdom, in our understanding, and our love for God. Um, and um, at K. Marie, um, I'm going to answer that question, but I won't answer it today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll give you a I'll give you a drive-by version right before we go into our um into our next segment. Um, but I'll answer that question. So don't go anywhere. I'll answer that question in like two seconds. But I'm gonna use I'm gonna answer that question again um on a later episode to give a deeper understanding of what Leviticus 19:28 is um is referring to. Um, but I will answer that question in just a moment. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are thankful, so, so thankful for the 1,300 likes that we've received thus far. And um, and thankful for every person that has been coming on the live thus far. Um, please feel free to ask any questions, comments, or concerns that you have. Um, if you've missed any part of this message or want to go back and listen to past episodes, you can go right now to the True Gospel Morning Show podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now. Hit that subscribe button and follow along with us. Thank you for every like, every comment, every follow, and every share, and every gift that you've given. Know that all your gifts go straight to the True Gospel Ministry. You are not paying me. I've got my own job, make my own money, pay my own bills. Every dollar that you give is to help us to keep up the subscriptions uh, for our website and our podcast. So I do thank you for any gift that you do decide to give on today. You are watching the True Gospel Morning Show, and we'll be right back in just a moment.
you're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I just saw Brittany P's um, comment stating that she just got out of an abusive relationship and just need prayer for healing and strength to stay away. Girl, we're going to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus that um, God just give you the strength and the, and, and the courage to be able to persevere through that um, through that incredibly trying time. Um, it was not easy to break away from an abusive relationship. And so we understand the trials and the perils that come with that. And we're praying for mercy, praying for healing, praying for grace, um, that you be able to stay away from that situation, first of all. And secondly, being able to just endure whatever trials and tribulations that come with that. Um, God loves you. And, you know, he is going to strengthen and encourage you. Um, we, we pray that you're able to find the necessary resources in order to um, to stay safe and to stay well. Um, and most importantly, that you're able to um, that you're able to know that it is not your fault. It is not your fault. No person deserves to be abused for whatever reason that people want to justify that for. No one deserves that, and you certainly don't deserve that. Um, and so we're just praying that God will continue to just, you know, bless you, continue to bless your family, continue to um, give you the means and the resources and the skills to be able to do what you need to do in order to get to where you need to go. Um, and so we're praying for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, so uh, we're thankful once again for everyone to um to for coming on to the show on today, and certainly hope that you guys are having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord on this morning. Um, this we want to talk about um J.K. Rowling. She's back in the news again. Um, uh, said that um on on October the nineteenth, uh, J.K. Rowling says she would rather go to prison than refer to transgender women as women. Um, J.K. Rowling, the author best known for creating Harry Potter and for her controversial views on the transgender women, which have led her to, led to her name becoming synonymous with the term TERF, um, made a new series of anti-trans statements on social media this week in which she said she'd rather do a couple years behind bars than to refer to transgender women as women. Her latest rant kicked off on Tuesday after sharing a text image reading, repeat after us, trans women are women. To which she added to her own comp commentary, writing simply, no. This out of nowhere but very on-brand sentiment led to a bit of back and forth in the replies on X, which is formerly known as Twitter, after one commenter jumped in to seemingly reference the UK Labour Party's intent to bolster transgender protections in legislation that combats hate crimes. Vote Labour, get a two-year stretch, the person said. To which Rowland shot back, I'll happily do two years if the alternative is compelled, is compelled speech and forced denial of the reality and importance of sex. Bring on the court case, I say. It'll be more fun than I've ever had on a red carpet. Um, riffing with the person who offered, see you on the inside, I quite fancy the kitchens. Rowling dug in deeper, proving fantasy to be her talent when it comes to writing over that of comedy with, quote, Hoping for the library, obviously, but I think I could do okay in the kitchens. Laundry might be a problem. I have a tendency to shrink stuff, turn it, um, turn it pink accidentally. Guess that won't be a major issue if it's mostly scrubs and sheets, though. From here, more and more people filed in to yuck it up with the author about denying trans women basic human dignity and respect. But one commenter stood out as having some sense, whether they meant to or not, writing, quote, Those prisons are going to need more space for all those hills we're dying on. Um, as I say before, so I say again, 
God loves you and wants a relationship with you. That doesn't just go for people who, you know, are participating in, you know, the LBGTQ lifestyle. Um, but it also goes for people who are quick to hate. Um, yes, the position of the Christian is that, you know, God has designed sex and sexuality to be, you know, um, you know, that of male and female. And the reason for it is because it is the picture of the character and nature of God. Um, and so he designed it that way uh, for a multitude of reasons that fall under that caveat. And we can get into the nuances of that um, over the course of another um, of another conversation. But we as the believers in God, though we don't um, compromise on that stance, it is still our job and our responsibility to show love to everyone. When President Obama um, was president, um, he started ushering in the protections for the LBGTQ community. And people would ask me often, you know, what are your st what's your stance on that? You know, how could Obama, he's supposed to be our president, how can you, what do you think about him, you know, doing what he's doing? And I said to, and I said in response to them, he's not the president of the Christian nation. He's the president of the United States. He has to protect everybody. Everybody has to have the right to exist. And so, yeah, I may not be happy per se, but I understand the position that he's in. He's not the president of the Christians. He's the president of the United States. And everybody deserves the ability to live, to exist, and to thrive, to have dignity, honor, and respect. Because everybody was created in the image of God. Everybody might not call God Lord, but everyone was created by him, which means that God loves everyone. He doesn't condone what everybody does. Let me be clear. So he ain't out here saying, go, just go wild out. That ain't our God. He's not saying go wild out. But he loves every last one of us. And as a president, it's not your job to impose your um, your stance and your beliefs onto another person. As a president, it's your job to make sure that everybody has the right to live in with dignity, honor, and respect. And as a result, sometimes in order to display the love of God, we have to do things that some Christians may find offensive. Therefore, it's not a president's job to tell a person how they're supposed to live outside of the basic human rights that everybody ought to have. I can't impose my will upon you. That's not love. That's force. And you got a lot of people who want that force, but they don't realize what they're signing up for. Does it sound familiar? Samuel is your judge, but nah, we want a king like all the other people have. Okay, give them a king then, because they're not rejecting you, Samuel. They're rejecting me, says God. In that same vein, we, we act like we know what we want. Yeah, give us a king. Give us a king. But realize what comes with a king. You got to do what the king says, not what you want. And it sounds real good in the beginning, but then when he starts imposing stuff on you, now all of a sudden, oh, we got to get it. We got to get rid of him. That's how we do. That's how we are as people. We're very fickle-minded in that way. And as in, in, in that same, so in that same vein, 
That's the position that we as the believers should have. Yes, we have a stance. Yes, there's a line. There is, there's a line that we will not compromise on. But it does not mean that we have to spew hate as a result of the, of the, of the things that we believe in. J.K. Rowling, listen, Harry Potter, bomb.com. She has the right, let's be clear, she has the right to believe in what she believes in. You can, and, and like, I, like I said, um, um, I think it was either during the interview or some point this week. If you stand for something, that means you stand against the opposite of that thing. It was on Tuesday during the, um, the, the Ted Cruz conversation. If you stand for something, that means you are standing against the opposite of that thing. And so if you stand for, you know, man and woman, you know, ma marriage being in the eyes of God is between man and woman. If you stand for that, that means you are aligning against, you know, any other version of that. That and that we, we can't we can't compromise on that as believers. But it does not mean that we have to be so aligned against it that we have to spew hate because of it. Just because we don't, just because we, we see it through the lens of the gospel does not mean that we hate people because of it. Because if we're going to hate LBGTQ, then we need to hate gossips. We need to hate liars. We need to hate heterosexual sex outside of marriage. We need to hate extramarital affairs. We need to hate, you know, um, people who are mean. We need to hate people who are judgmental. We need to hate people who are um who are haughty, people who are arrogant, who are prideful, who um are lazy. We need to hate everybody in this Bible that God says is evil. And guess what? All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned against God. So what does that mean? Do we hate everybody? We pick and choose who we want to hate. We pick and choose who we want to fight. Pick and choose who we stand up, who we stand against. You know, we want to hate so badly. I say this all the time. It's interesting how you got your politicians who hate, you know, abortion so badly, but yet let them go knock up somebody. Behind closed doors, they trying to get rid of the babies. But no, I'm, I'm against them, against abortion. How many women you paid? If we, if we really followed your record books, how many people did you pay to get some babies get, get, um, gotten rid of Republican? We're quick to say with our mouths, but what are we believing with our hearts? And so again, I'm saying all that to say, we got to be ever so careful and ever so mindful as believers that we are not being the very thing that God told us not to be. Hateful. Prideful. Evil, judgmental, because for a lot of us, we, we are the reason why people don't want to believe in God now. We are the reason because we're so hateful, so spiteful, so judgmental that we don't, that we get people look at us and like, that's why I don't follow God now. JK, I don't know if JK Rowling believes in God or not, but somebody's reading this, this going to read this post and be like, that's why I don't believe in God now. Because look at how mean y'all are. I don't know what her stance is on God and the faith. And I ain't got time to go look it up. 
But I promise you, somebody's reading that right now and they are mad at God because of her. Again, we ain't got a heaven or hell to put nobody in, but be, we can be, as um as um Ashe said on Wednesday, we can sometimes be the stumbling block in the offense that causes the person to fall out of step with God. Us. It can be us. And so again, we have to re, we have to we have to recognize that we have the the power of death and life is in the tongue, man. Sometimes it ain't necessary to respond to everything. Sometimes you see something in the, in the space, you ain't got to respond to it. Leave it alone. Let it go. Now, if you feel compelled, compelled by the Lord, speak out and speak up. Do what you do. But recognize that the testimony of God can sometimes be tainted and tarnished by how we treat people. God says, love your enemies. It's easy to love your friends. It's easy to love people who are aligned with you. It's easy to walk with those who who believe the same way that you do. That's easy. God says, walk alongside those who don't align with you. Walk alongside those who are trying to figure it out. Walk alongside those who are opposite you. Can you love them? Can you give to them? Can you share with them? A lot of times we find ourselves in positions and state in, in places where we are so where we are so aligned against God, but we think that we're aligned with him when we're standing up and doing all these things and trying to, you know, um, you know, fight for this and fight for that as if this is God's this is God's battleground. Again, it's not to say that we don't, you know, stand up for the things that we that we believe in, but how is what we're doing showing ha <laughs> John chapter 14. Nope, John chapter 13. And then John chapter 14. John chapter 13, verse 31. We had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and, glorif and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glory him at once. Little children, yet a little while I'm with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love, one for another. If you have love, one for another. God didn't say, if you stand up with a, with a sign that says, you know, God hates this or God hates that, that they're going to know that you're his disciples. God didn't say, if you get on Twitter and you talk about how much you can't stand this and how you're willing to go to jail for two years before you call anybody this or that. That's not how they're going to know. That's not how they're going to know. They're going to know that we are his disciples by how we show love one to another. 
Now, again, as I said, I'm not saying to compromise. That's not love either. Compromise is saying I'm too scared to stand up for the truth. But we can love one another. We can talk to one another. Now, keep in mind, and I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm man, I want to state this clear, and I want everybody to hear me. So get off the get off the, the comments for 30 seconds and watch me. We as believers have to love despite the hate we receive from the people we're trying to love. Let me say it again. We have to love despite the hate that we may receive from the ones we're trying to love. What do I what am I saying? Sometimes the LBGTQ community and those who participate in practice and all that, they don't give a damn how we feel. Because we are aligned with Jesus, they are automatically going to hate us. Okay? I'm calling a spade a spade because it's happened to me. Right here in this chat box, no matter how much love you may give anybody other than, they are going to hate because we are aligned with Jesus. So don't lose heart when as you're showing the love that God has given us to show, you're still being hit with backlash. Because no, sometimes no matter how much love you give a person, if they're not aligned with God, they are going to hate you because you are. Suffering for righteousness sake is a real thing. Now, mind you, again, we in America ain't suffering like people in Egypt and China and all them other places. So I dare not belittle the suffering they're going through. Nevertheless, no matter what we believe, as you see Mr. John Levin showing us now, no matter how much love we show, no matter how much we do, no matter how much we live out this word, there are still people who are going to hate us because we follow him. They're going to hate. They're going to spew. They're going to be frustrated. They're going to continue to spew their frustrations no matter how much love you show. So don't lose heart. Show love anyway. John Levin, God loves you and wants a relationship with you. That's it. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. A lot, of, a lot of times we will get combative because of the hate that we're given. God said, if they hate, Jesus said, they hated me. What do you think they're going to do to you? If they do it to the green tree, what do you think they're going to do to the dry? So again, don't lose heart, Christian. Stand up for what you believe in. But know that you can stand up in love. You don't have to stand up with your fisticuffs ready to go. You don't have to go with your with your with your with your rifle ready to go. You don't have to um you know go ready to just go ham on somebody. God loves you, them and wants a relationship with them. You gotta think about what did it take for God to get you? What did it take for God to get you out of the muck? To get you out of the mire? 
What did it take for God to get you out of your mess? And use that same compassion that God gave us to now give to somebody else. Despite the response that you may receive. Because again, we are instruments in the hands of God. And as instruments in the hands of God, we are going to be a fragrance from life to life for some and a fragrance from death to death for others. And so we don't lose heart. We try not to lose heart. It's disheartening, but we don't lose heart. We continue to give people the gospel of Jesus Christ no matter what. We continue to love those, the, to love the unlovable, touch the untouchable, reach the unreachable. That's, that's the charge that God has given us. He didn't come into this world, 3, 7, John 3.17, he didn't come into this world to condemn the world. But that through him, the world might be saved. He doesn't want anybody to fall. He doesn't want anybody to not have a relationship with him. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He doesn't want anybody to, 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 to fall short. So his patience is such to where we, we can be the righteousness of God for others to see him through the love that we give. Don't, don't be like JK, where any chance that she gets now, she's wanting to make sure people know, I am, I am heterosexual all the way, all the way, men are men, women are women, okay, okay, we got it, we, we got it, we know, we know, is, is this what, is this, the, like the person at the end of the thing said, is this the hill you gonna die on, is that what you, you're gonna be known for now, that you stand for what you stand for, like, is it necessary to use your platform to make that statement be known? We already know that. So uh, what you're going to write a book that, that, that represents that now is that, is that this, the, this, the, the promo leading up to a book you're getting ready to write. Like we get that now. What, what is, what is being more hateful doing for you, your brand, the, the, the inspiration that you gave to millions and millions of people. Got a friend right now reading the audio books of Harry Potter for the 9,000th time. Love that stuff. Like, what is, 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 would you, is this what you, I mean, I get, again, I get. Sometimes you got to stand on the hill. Sometimes you got to stand for what you stand for. But is it necessary for you to put it out there in such a, you know, hateful, spiteful way? To make your point. Again, we as the believers, we got to share the truth and share the word and share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the love that we have for one another. So that when people see us and we let our light shine, they'll see it. Glorify God for what they see. It, the statement is true. Sometimes we are the only gospel that a person sees. And if this is the gospel that we're peddling, it's a wonder that anybody wants to believe in God. We thank God for the transformation of a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. But man, it's a wonder that anybody wants to believe in our God. Because we can be some of the most hateful people 
on the planet in the name of Jesus. So check yourself today. Are there areas in your life where you can soften up just a little bit so that people can see the God in you rather than seeing the stance you take? You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're certainly grateful for the 2,700 likes that we have received thus far. Keep those likes coming. Thank you for all the gifts that have been given thus far. You know, if you do decide to give, to God be the glory. I'm not asking for it, but I'm grateful for it nonetheless. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, thank you for every like, every comment, every follow, and every share. Um, know that every comment that you are given, I am reading. I just may not get to them all obviously because there's a lot of them that be coming through um if you've missed any part of this message or want to go back and listen to past episodes um subscribe right now to the true gospel morning show the podcast on spotify and apple podcast and go back and listen to any and all episodes from inception to now you're watching the true gospel morning show and we'll be right back in just a moment Watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Times. Good morning to everybody who is coming on the live right now. Again, uh, thank you for the 3,100 likes that we have received thus far. You can definitely keep those likes coming if you so desire to do so. Um, right now, we're going to listen to Shannon Sharp as he talks about his um, his issue with um, Skip Bayless, who's former co-host on the show Undisputed on Fox Sports 1. We're going to listen to what he had to say regarding his relationship with him and how things went south. I'm going to listen to that right now. 
as soon as I flip over. There we go. Okay. It took a lot. It, it took a lot for me not to not to put my hands on it. Let me go to December 12th, 2022, Shannon. I want you to see yeah. this video right here. This is you and Skip getting into it about Tom Brady. Take a look at this as a fresh reminder. You have no objectivity. It's just straight Brady yeah. hate. Wait a, wait a minute. This is just straight hate by a guy who's jealous that he's still playing at a high level at 45 when you had to stop at 35. Yeah, that's what you that's do. That's the point. That's what you do. Every time somebody, every time I call something into question, I'm jealous. No. Yeah, I did well, what I did. I never did. said you were jealous of Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I did what I did. You make it seem like I was a bum. I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. Okay, I got so three Super Bowls. So what? So what? He's way better than you were. I'm better than you were. See what you do? You take personal shots. No, when you put I, don't, I don't take personal yeah. shots. Oh, time you time started time it. Time out. You would take a personal shot at me. I so can't take a personal shot at you. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? You would take a personal shot. Put your glasses back on. Can I finish? You're willing to take a personal shot at me to say this man is better than me because I say he's playing bad this year? Well, because you 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 just Go ahead. you disrespect him. It's it's just so. It so you You know what? It's beneath your you dignity. You disrespect me to no. support him. No, well I'll, I'll support him over anybody because he's the greatest player who ever have played your it. game, and it's by have far. It. Have it. Okay, take off, I'm going to have at it because I'm going to have at you. You see that video right there, Shannon? Uh -huh. Months uh -huh. later, uh -huh. at, when I saw that. That relationship is in a world of trouble. As you reflect back on that moment, what goes through your mind and how much trouble was the relationship between you two in at that particular moment? There were th a lot of that is my fault because there were times that led up to that that I felt that shots were taken and I let it go. And I should have said something then, but I didn't. And I would bring it to people's attention, and they brushed it up under the rug. So that was my fault that it got to that point, and he felt that he could go over the top in that situation. I think in any relationship where there's host, co-host, it's boyfriend, girlfriend, it's husband, wife, whatever the relationship is, once one partner has no respect for the other, the other partner then in turn loses respect for said partner. Then I think it's only a matter of time. Because I felt in that moment he had lost all respect for me. He had no respect for me. And for him to feel that he was trapped and he was losing a debate to attack me personally, when I've stood up, when guys have come on that show and tried to attack him personally, I was his bodyguard. I took the blows and said, hey, this is undisputed. Skip and Shannon, this is not yours. So I was very hurt and disappointed that he chose to go there with me when I've been one of the guys that's been in his corner. So it really, really hurt me. Had the shoe been on the other foot, what would have been the outcome? Had I attacked him personally, live on television, what would have happened? You can say what you, you can say I'm loud, you can say I'm obnoxious, you can say I'm arrogant. But to try to poo-poo my career, a seventh rounder that made that started out on special teams and played so well that I got into the Hall of Fame, to try to minimize that was, was very disheartening for me. And I didn't think, look, someone that I don't know 
discredited my career, I'm cool with that. I can live with that. But someone that I considered a friend, or maybe, or we were friendly, but I considered Skip a friend, for you to take that kind of personal shot at me, it really hurt me, Stephen. It, it really did. It hurts more when someone that you know, someone that you trust, someone that you think are a friend would betray you or say something to you to that effect. I People have heard me on Undisputed, on other shows, Grump was a better tight end than me. Travis Kelsey, Gabe, okay, I'm cool with that. Right. All I could do was get the best out of my God-given ability. But for him to take a shot like that because he's losing the debate, and everybody knows Tom Brady didn't play well. It was the 49ers game. Yeah. I think the score was 28 nothing at the half or yes. maybe 35 nothing. They were obliterated they ended up yeah. yeah, so everybody knew, but to try to, but to try to, oh, you were, you were nothing, and you're jealous of Tom Brady. Why? Why would I be jealous of Tom Brady? I'm happy that Tom, Tom was like me, mm-hmm. given an opportunity. I've done things for, done things for people. You'll never know unless they tell you. I don't mention it. I don't care. That's where I am. I just refuse to be a slave to loyalty and allow people to walk all over me because they've done something good for me. All I ask, all I've ever asked from anyone was to give me the level of respect that I've shown you. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, two main things that I want to, that I, that I want to um, get into in the midst of that and I'll make sure I write them down so I don't forget. Um, 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 for a lot of us, um, um, for a lot of us, uh, we have, um, um, we have a, we have a desire to be known and to be loved by those who are closest to us. Um, but sometimes that closeness and that familiarity, um, people can use that. Um, against us and cross the line unnecessarily um you know in in that in that situation um Leah had asked you know what was going on in that situation um um Shannon Sharp um was a former football player um and as a former football player um um uh, as a former football player um you know he had won three Super Bowls is in the Hall of Fame um made, made a very a big name for himself um, and, um, at that time, Tom Brady was at the twilight of his career. Tom Brady, the greatest, um, quarterback of all time, greatest football player of all time in a lot of people's estimation. Um, and in that particular se- segment, um, he was like, you know, he's not playing up to par and his co-host, um, Skip Bayless took a personal shot at, um, Shannon Sharp. And the personal attack was such to where it really, really hurt his feelings because he's like, dude, why are you taking a personal shot at me just because I'm, you know, winning or losing a debate or whatever? Like you're taking a personal shot at me because I'm right about the fact that this man sucks right now. And what he said was that he had allowed too many situations like that to get swept under the rug. And because he allowed those situations to get swept under the rug so much. Skip felt that he could up the ante and keep taking those personal shots and keep taking those personal attacks until it got to that point 
to where you know the man went after his career and went out without went basically went after his pride um on live tv um like it's one thing to do it behind closed doors but you're doing it on live tv for millions of people to see um and he said that that was very hurtful but he also recognized that it was his silence that allowed things to escalate the way that they did um one of the things that i teach in therapy um, and something I taught yesterday, as a matter of fact, is that if you're going to be in a relationship with somebody, there has to be safety in that relationship, emotional safety in that relationship. I should be able to talk to you about any and everything that I've got going on with me. And you should be able to tell me any and everything that's going on with you. Um, and again, there's layers and levels to it. So there's layers in friendship, there's layers in relationships, there's layers in marriage, there's layers in family. And so there, you know, there's layers and levels to it. So the, whatever level that's at, we should be able to maximize to the greatest degree what it is that I'm able to tell you, what it is that I'm able to say to you. Um, and there should be no qualms, no issues, no problems whatsoever about that. For a lot of people, though, we will sometimes mask and hide how we're really feeling about things because we are afraid of the outcome that may take place as a result of having that conversation. The couple that I was talking to last night, the wife said, I've been wanting to tell you a whole lot of things, um, but I've been so scared to do so because I notice how you get, you know, whenever I'm trying to talk to you about something, you get frustrated, you get mad, you get you, you get so short and you get so, and so I don't want to talk to you now. I don't want to talk to you about anything, but I'm still trying. And with him, he was like, yeah, I didn't want to tell you anything because I, you look like you always stressed all the time and I don't want to stress you out anymore, but I'm, then I'm just holding all in. And I said, for both of y'all, y'all, y'all have to be able to share all of your stuff because you're taking your frustrations out on your person by not talking to them. And so in this situation with Skip and Shannon, you know, Shannon said, I should have been more forthcoming when I got frustrated when he was taking personal shots at me prior to that conversation and should have checked him then to let him know, hey, bro, I love you. But hey, you got to you got to chill out with that. Like you, you, you taking you, you taking it too far. You taking you taking it. You take you hitting it a little close to the belt, a little um, little under the belt. Not on, And that's that's not cool. I'm not with I'm not down with that. And it's, but instead of saying something, he kept sweeping it under the rug, thinking that it was going to be okay. They thinking that Skip was going to, um, you know, was going to, you know, not, you know, take it there. But he just kept taking it there until it got to that point. And so I say all that to say, Scripture tells us as, as fellow believers that if you have an ought against your brother, go to him and him alone. Don't sweep that stuff under the rug. Don't don't let people think that it's okay. Just because God gives us gentleness and gives us meekness does not mean that people can walk should people can or should walk all over us. If there's something wrong, we gotta say something. Yeah, um, the way you know we 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 pick on Brooklyn Nine Nine all the time. So if you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. Woo! If you see something, say something. The sooner you say it. The sooner you're able to deal with it, the sooner you're able to handle it. Don't sweep that stuff under the rug. Don't don't sweep it under the rug.
Because if you do that, then all it does is it makes matters worse over time because people will somehow be able to take that and think, oh, if I can do this, then maybe I can do this. If I can do this, then maybe I can do this. If I can do this, then maybe I can do this. And if you see what happened or hear what happened in that conversation, which as an aside, I'm trying to work on how to get y'all to see these videos on the live. So bear with me as I'm trying to figure out the mechanics of that because my internet is real funky when I hold my phone. But that's another story for another day. Um, but if you notice, as soon as, um, if you heard when Shannon got in his, was, was in his feelings of trying to say, man, you taking a personal shot at me, you know, here comes Skip saying, I'm not taking a personal shot at you. Put your glasses back on. Why? This is beneath you, but you just pushed this man to this point, but now you're trying to gaslight by saying, this is beneath you. Why are you acting this way? You shouldn't act like that. That's how dare you do that. Put your glasses back on. This is beneath you. But you just took a personal shot at this man. Personal shot at his career. Personal shot at his integrity. Personal shot at his, um, at his intellect. Because you're saying the only reason why you're acting like that is because you're jealous of him. Jealousy has nothing to do with, his perform with, with Tom Brady's performance on the field. And I'm intelligent enough to see this man's not the person he used to be. And that's all the conversation's about. My personal feelings have nothing to do with it. I don't care that he's 45 years old and I, qu and I quit playing football at 35. I don't care about that. I did what I needed to do in order to preserve my life, to preserve my, um, my, 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 my mental, to preserve my, my body. Because football's hard. I, I, I commend anybody who plays. That's a hard, that's a hard sport to play. For any number of years, let alone play till you're 35, let alone play till you're 45. But he didn't have anything to be jealous of. He was he was doing his job, being analytical, and in seeing the seeing the seeing the play, you know, made a judgment call. But he took a personal shot at him, and in taking that personal shot at him, you know, it 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 it, it riled him up, only to then be gaslit by saying, "This is beneath you. You shouldn't act like that." We as the believers in God have to be ever so careful on either side that we are not um, pushing people to the edge and then denigrating their experience of a thing by saying, I don't understand why you're acting like that after we've pushed them. We should not provoke people to wrath. You know, it says don't provoke kids to wrath. Uh, you know, take it one step further. Don't provoke people to wrath. But we got to be able to go to our, our brothers and sisters and tell them on the front end the arts that we have against them and not after we have a laundry list of grievances that, we're now spill, that are now spilling over to the edge. Furthermore, we shouldn't be the ones that are pushing people that way in the first place. We should be the ones to be able to say, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said it like that. You know, I need to, I need to check myself. I need to check where, where is that coming from in me. Furthermore... Um, at the very end of that, of that, of that, um, of that tape, Shannon said that he, that, you know, that, um, that, um, something to the effect of, I shouldn't, my, my, my loyalty can't be bought. My loyalty can't be bought. A lot of times, whether it's on a job, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's with family, we will stay silent to keep the peace. 
to keep things PC. We won't say anything. We have a lot of family members today who have done some atrocious things in the family, but no one's saying anything. Because I don't want to cause no problems. I don't want to cause no issues. We keep our we keep our business to ourselves. You got a lot of people that are on jobs right now who see that things are not going right, but they're so scared if I whistle blow, it's gonna cost me my career. They're gonna keep me off jobs. They're gonna blackball me. They're gonna keep me from being able to get promotions and it's gonna be a stain on my career and they're gonna make sure that I never work in this town again. If I, you know, we have people that are in relationships that they know, they know this person's not good for them and yet they stay silent. They don't say a thing because they just wanna keep the peace. They just wanna keep things okay. He, I get, he's got me in this house, or she's paying all the bills, and you know, if I, if I, if I divorce, or if I leave, or if I go away, they're either gonna hurt me, or they're gonna disrespect me, or they're gonna take everything from me, and I just rather keep the stuff and keep and keep safe than to cause any problems, cause any waves, cause any issues. I'd rather you know keep things PC, just sweep it under the rug. You have a lot of people whose loyalty is bought. They won't they, they stay silent, won't say a word. The people are doing them wrong, but they keep their mouths shut out of fear that if they say something, if if they tell somebody that they're either going to be reprimanded or they're disrespecting the family or they'll be ostracized for the rest of their lives and they'll be alone. Hear me when I say, I understand the fear. So this is not me about to tell you that you need to stand up. No, I understand the fear. I understand the, 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 the panic that it produces, the anxiety that comes with that. So the, so my, Advice to us as the believers in God is that as we grow in our faith and grow in the truth that God allows us to walk in, that we strategically figure out how to tell the truth so that we can be free. How to strategically tell the truth so that we can be free. It might cost us family members. It might cost us jobs and benefits. It might cost us whole careers. It might cost us, you know, it might, it might cost us our relationships. It may cost us marriages. But the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts through Christ Jesus. And sometimes in order for us to move forward in the lives that God has given us, we have to stand up. Now, again, I'm not saying that we get on a bullhorn and just you know, like tell everybody all of our business or whatever like that. But what I am saying is that we have to strategically tell the truth. Strategically find ways to get the truth to the, out into the open. To tell somebody what we're going through so that we can live at peace 
with God and with ourselves. Because as we see, Skip, um, I mean, Shannon felt like he couldn't tell anybody or shouldn't tell anybody. Or if he did tell somebody, nothing was ever done. So he's like, well, shoot, they ain't doing nothing about it. So I guess it's just meant to be. Just, just, just going to have to just, just, just roll with it. And so, you know, he made it clear, silent, my, my loyalty can't be bought. You know, I've got to speak up and i got to say something. And he said he wished he would have said more, you know, prior to that incident. Um, but again, he tried nonetheless. All we can do is try. Try to tell somebody what's going on. Try to tell somebody what we're dealing with. Try to tell somebody what we're enduring so that we can live in truth. No one should take abuse. No one should be abused at all by any stretch of the imagination of any kind. We as the believers in God, we have to be ever so mindful and ever so careful that we are not, one, the abusers. And two, if we find ourselves in a place where we're being abused in any way, shape or form, physical, emotional, mental, sexual, whatever, that we find that we, if we if by the grace of God, because again, I, I understand. So I'm not saying stand up. That is not what I'm saying. By the power and the mercy of God. If there is a way for you to tell somebody. A therapist, a friend, a cop, somebody. Find the courage within. To tell the truth. Because the truth is can set you free it'll be the scariest thing you ever do because we are so afraid of the unknown and what in in, in past experience as well but the truth can set you free the trials and tribulations that may come with that they are they may be astronomical and so again don't i'm do, i'm not taking this lightly not taking this lightly. Recognize that to be at peace, it requires living in truth. And so if you find yourself in a space, in a situation where you're being abused by somebody in some way, shape or form. I'm, my prayer for us today is that you find the strength, find the courage, find the, 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 the heart and the friends to help you get out of those situations because no one is deserving of abuse no matter what situation or state or, or circumstance you find yourself in no one is deserving of that what happened to shannon should not be happening to anyone and there are things worse things that are happening that even happened to shannon that should not be happening to anyone and so our prayer is that if you find yourself in a place where you feel like you're having to give your be loyal no matter what know that the only person believer that we have to show absolute allegiance and in, in, in um and loyalty to is the almighty god no man deserves absolute loyalty if they're not doing what's necessary in order for there to be harmony in that relationship the only person who deserves our absolute loyalty is the Lord. 
You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for the 3,600 likes that we have received thus far. Grateful for every like, comment, and share, and follow. If you have missed any part of this message, feel free to go over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, to catch up on any episodes that you may have missed or to go back and listen to your favorites. Um, if Kay Marie is still in the building, we're going to answer her question about tattoos on this morning. I decided to do a little flippity flop. Um, and so Kay Marie, if you're still in the building, we hope that you're here. So that way you can have the answer to your question regarding tattoos on this morning. Um, and so again, we're grateful for all of y'all and we will be right back in just a moment. watching the true gospel morning show with your boy eddie d right here on tiktok live we're with you monday through friday 6 a.m to 8 a.m eastern standard time um k marie asked a question earlier in the chat box today and i was gonna answer another question but i decided to go with this one instead um what does God what does God think about tattoos? Um, she said that someone had um, referred her over to Leviticus chapter 19 um, um, verse uh, verse number 28 where the famous tattoo verse is um, in the Bible and wanted to know what God's thoughts are on tattoos themselves. Um, and so I'm going to read the scripture. And then I'm going to talk about um, what it is that God is trying to tell us in the light of the tattoos. All right.
Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28 says, You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. Okay. So, people take that verse, rip it from its context, and use it as a prescription of God saying, don't get tattoos. Okay. Um, so, here it is. Unless you understand the context of which this is being put in, you will not understand what it is that God is trying to say. The book of Leviticus, some of Exodus, um, some of Numbers, and some of Deuteronomy are all a matter of God making a people. And his desire for those people is to be distinct from the outside nations. One of the things that those outside nations, that some of the outside nations believed in, was worship, was the worship of the dead. And sometimes they would carve their bodies or participate in asceticism in an attempt to talk to the dead or to talk to their gods. So, in the midst of God making a nation, making a nation for themselves, you know, to make them distinct from the other nations in the land, God said, I don't want you to carve your body or put a tattoo on you because if you do that, people may mistake you for another people. They may think you're one of the outside nations. You think you may, may be among one of them. I don't want you to look like that. I, want, I don't want you to carve your body in worship of the dead. I don't want you to carve your body in worship of me. I don't want you to carve your body. I don't want you to put nothing on your body in an attempt to try to, you know, appease me. I don't want you to do it to try to appease somebody else. And I don't want you to do it because I don't want anybody to think that you're somebody that you're not. And so that was a description for a heart posture. God said, you shall have no other gods before me. That's a heart condition. For a lot of us, we've taken a description and turned it into a prescription to think that if we get a tattoo, that means that we are worshiping the devil, worshiping Satan, worshiping other gods, and all that comes with that. And God's going to burn us in hell because we have a tattoo. Nicole, I know you're watching. I ain't trying to show my, show off my, my, little, my little man boobs or anything. But as you can probably tell, I've got a tattoo. Okay? I got a tattoo. And I got a tattoo while being saved, while being a Christian. And so, I got a tattoo while being a Christian. Does this tattoo 
mean that I don't have a relationship with the Lord? No. Because I know what I got the tattoo for. I know what the tattoo represents for me. I didn't get it to show off to anybody clearly. You can't see it unless I point it out. Unless I take my shirt off and here's my tattoo. Look at me. The intent behind the tattoo was for me. For me to be reminded that, you know, even at the even when things seem at their bleakest, you can still rise from the ashes. That's what it means for me. So when it comes to getting a tattoo, what is your intent? What are you getting your tattoo for? If you're going to get one, what are you doing it for? Because it's all about your intentions. Are you doing it because it's the cool thing to do and everybody gets one, so I'm going to get one too? Are you doing it so that you can be flashy and show off? Are you doing it because you are indeed worshiping something other than God? Because you can do that if that's what if that's what you're going to do. Thank you for the rose, Danette. Like, if, you, if that's what you want to do, you can do that. But God knows the heart. What are you doing it for? What are you doing? What are you getting a tattoo for? We are not the nation of Israel. We are not the nation of Israel. So we do not prescribe. We do, we do not prescribe to us the laws, all 689,000 of them to us today. Our laws are hinged upon two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And love thy neighbor as thyself. Those are the two laws from which everything else hangs. And so all the other things are coming, are derivatives of those two laws. What am I doing that shows that I love God and love others? How am I to live my life in a way to where I'm showing love to God and showing love to others? And so if God is saying in this text, don't look like, don't think like, don't act like the other nations in the world, we know that to be true from Romans chapter 12. Because Romans tw chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 state, I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So again, you have to ask yourself the question, is getting a tattoo, what I want, where I want it, all that jazz, how am I glorifying God through that? How is this glorifying God? Am I doing it, you know, and it's going to it's going to glorify him in some way or am I doing it just for me? You got to ask yourself that question because getting a tattoo is a great area. It's a great area that is not going to determine whether or not you're going to heaven or hell. It is simply a matter of. What do you want and why do you want it?
Again, we, the believers in God, do not pattern ourselves after the world. That's what the, that's what the tattoo whole thing about tattoos is talking about. In that little bitty verse, that's what it's talking about. Don't look like the world. In the 21st century, post-Christ, you know, how do we ensure that we're not looking like the world from our hearts? I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about our hearts. Now, as I say this, this doesn't mean that we start now, you know, deciding, well, I'm going to go and just, you know, wear whatever I want to wear and do whatever I want to do because God knows the heart. Please don't go dressing like sexy red everywhere you go. Please don't do that. Don't, don't do that. That's not what this verse is trying to say. Don't, don't do that. Only God can judge me. Please don't do that. Like, let's not do that. Like, don't, don't be that dude that's, you know, trying to, you know, y'all just have some class. That's all I ask. Just have some class. But again, it's a heart posture. And remember that God is telling us that if we're going to pay attention to what something looks like, we should pay attention to what our character looks like. As he says, you know, in First Peter, um, Peter, when he says, um, verse number three of chapter three of First Peter, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Now, he's talking specific to women as, it, as it's um, pertaining to how they take care of the beauty on the outside. But that is a prescription for all of us as believers. We should be more concerned about how our character looks than we are about how we look on the outside. Be presentable, but don't be so um, so concerned about trying to entice people with our looks that we're not trying to entice people with the characters of our hearts. That we're not trying to draw people closer to God by the way that we are on the inside. That we should be more concerned about our character than we are how we look. Not saying that we put our looks to shame. Like, go and look presentable. Look cute. Do your thing, but don't be so consumed by how you look on the outside that you got a nasty character on the inside. When it says, don't be anxious for nothing, you know, don't be worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to do. God knows you have need for that. He's saying, seek the kingdom. That's a heart thing. Seek the kingdom. That's a heart posture. And so again, don't get caught up in the hype of, you know, don't get a tattoo or you're going to hell. No, you're not. That's not what it was talking about. It was saying, don't look like the other nations. In the other nations, they participate in carving their bodies and putting tattoos on their bodies and worship to their gods. I ain't asking for that. Do not do that. You don't have to carve yourself to get my attention. All you got to do is talk to me. You ain't gotta put a you ain't gotta tattoo your name or tattoo something in order to get my attention. You can just talk to me. You ain't gotta do all that. So if you get a tattoo, what are you getting the tattoo for? Are you getting the tattoo to get attention, to bring attention to yourself? Because come on, y'all, y'all know. Y'all know. 
you know, you get a, a good tattoo on a good body's canvas, that thing is alluring to the eyes. So we're not dumb. You're not dumb. What are you getting the tattoo for? And in getting the tattoo or whatever it is you're going to do, do all for the glory of God. How is God being glorified through this thing, through this situation, through whatever it is that I'm, that I'm, that I'm doing? You know, and as such, remembering that our concern should be more about ha, the word of God being tattooed on our hearts. The word of God being tattooed on our hearts. And allowing the character of God to shine forth through us. So that even if we are bomb.com on the outside. Because you know I, I don't mind telling I think I look fly. But I would hope that my character outshines my flyness. Because at the end of the day you got a lot of people. A lot of brothers and sisters that are fly. But their hearts are so nasty. That it's a wonder that anybody wants anything to do with them. But thanks be to God that we serve a God that can take even the nastiest of attitudes and can transform them to have a heart of gold if he so desires to do so by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So again, saying all that to say, you want a tattoo? Go get a tattoo. That's all up to you. Go do what you want to do. But be sure that you're doing that in your doing it, God is being glorified. And that your character speaks more than the tattoo that you get. Because God says, I don't want you to look like the world. I want you to look more like me. So we don't be conformed to the world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us tomorrow where we will have a live interview with my girl Leah. I'm certainly grateful. She's been on the live all day today. Um, and so I'm certainly excited for Leah to be coming on the live with us tomorrow to, um, to chit-chat with me for a little bit about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us. And so I'm certainly, certainly super-duper excited to be having her along the show with us on tomorrow. So definitely be, um, you know, come back tomorrow, um, for a treat, um, on, on, um, on tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Um, and so certainly grateful that she accepted the invitation and looking forward to having that conversation with her, um, about her relationship with God and anything else that may be on her mind, um, that she, um, wants to, um, to talk with us about on tomorrow. Um, a bit of good news, a bit of good, something praiseworthy to talk about, um, before we get out of here on today. Builders in Maui constructed tiny homes for a man's family, but it grew into a crowdfunded rehousing project. Buried under the 24-hour news cycle of the last few months, recovery in Lahaina um, uh, is progressing one tiny house at a time. William Fincher, an owner of two restaurants in the historic Maui town, which tragically burned down this August, is receiving help from neighbors and friends to build a pair of tiny homes for his family of a wife, two kids, and two dogs. Fincher lost both restaurants and his home in the fires, but within three or four days, local builder Juan Ricci was ordering materials to help the Fincher family construct the tiny houses. He did it all from his own pocket until the build team, including Fincher, Ricci, and some more friends, had set up a GoFundMe to look for the money. Javier Barberi, um, or Barberi, 
A close friend told Good Morning America in no uncertain terms that Fincher was Lahina through and through, and he simply had to stay in order to help rebuild and recover the spirit of the town, Barbary, um, the town. Barbary gave Fincher space on his land to build. With Barbary's help and Richie's instruction, the tiny home started coming together. Fincher knew a little bit about woodwork, but laying insulation, framing, and roofing were all skills he didn't have. Um, what started, um, here we go, um, um, the GoFundMe page has so far raised, um, 13,000 of its goal of 100,000. What started as a few guys coming together to support their neighbor in Fincher has turned into a bold grassroots effort to raise money to build small long-term homes for displaced residents and pay locals who lost their jobs in the fires to do it with Richie providing on-the-job training from 20 years experience building on building in Hawaii um, and so again it just goes to show that you know every so often we have these opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus you know we see it we see a situation or we see an issue or see a problem let us go boldly as best as we can with whatever help resources personnel that we have to be able to help those that are in need it don't take a whole lot Sometimes God just wants us just to give this or give that, give a word, give give a couple of dollars here or there. But whatever it is that you have the capacity in your heart to give and have a desire to do for the glory of God, do that thing because you just never know. You never know who who it is that we're helping you. You never know. Sometimes you may be entertaining an angel, as um as as God tells us in the Word. Um, and so again. You know, when you have an opportunity, when you have resources, you have ingenuity, you have the ability, something in some way, shape or form, God says, do it, man, do it. Again, whether you get praise for it or not, do it. Because at the end of the day, God who sees in secret will reward you openly, even if the reward is simply the, the kingdom of heaven in the life to come. So again, if you find yourself in a place where you're able to help somebody, you're able to be the hands and feet of Jesus, do that thing. Because God is saying to all of us that if, you know, how else are they going to know that we are his disciples unless we show love one to another? Loving people is not just about loving people who love God. It's about loving everybody by virtue of the fact that we are all God's creation. We may not all we may not decide we may not decide to be God's children, but we are always going to be his creation. And so we just thank God that he gives us this opportunity to be able to share that truth with you all on today and hope that this has been helpful for you to know that there is still some good going on in the world if you just know where to look. Listen. I want to thank you guys so, so much from the bottom of my heart for giving us this opportunity to be able to give you guys some um, some gospel goodness on today. Thank you so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show on this morning. Thank you for the 4,400 likes that we've received today. Thank you for every like, comment, share, and follow. Thank you to all of my newcomers who came on today and started following the show. If you missed any part of this message, you can go straight to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and listen to all of our episodes of the True Gospel Morning Show. Leah, I love you, and I'm looking forward to talking with you on tomorrow morning. So, um, so I'm definitely excited about that, and hope that, um, hope that you know God just gives us something great and good to talk about. I already know it's gonna happen. I'm, I'm praying that you know in advance already that we're gonna have a really good time on tomorrow. So I'm really excited about that. 
And listen, guys, thank you so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show with me on this morning. If you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.